Hey everyone, welcome back to another brand new episode of What's Good. Greg Meskel here with you. We're stepping back into the boxing ring here, joined by the heavyweight Otto Wallen. Otto, how are you? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you being here as well uh, as you're in the midst, obviously, of training coming off of a fight just back in February. I know you're looking forward to the next one. Let's kind of start, though, a little bit at the at the beginning here. You're from Sweden. You get involved in boxing. I think people think of Sweden. They might think of some other sports, maybe soccer, ice hockey, even a little floorball. Where where does boxing kind of rank here, and how would you find yourself involved? Yeah, that's right. I, I used to play all those sports, soccer, ice hockey, floorball. And uh, so that's what I was doing. But my father, he used to box a little bit and he was a trainer also. And then uh, one of my older brothers used to box. So then when I was 15, I started boxing and uh, went down to the club and I just fell in love with it right away. But but yeah, boxing is not huge in Sweden. Professional boxing was banned for 40 years from the 70s to 2007 or something. And um, so it's been, it was, I think that... Um, has not helped boxing, but hopefully it can, you know, keep growing and I think it is growing. So yeah, I think we just gotta keep working and I think uh, get more people involved with it. So when it's something that's not really allowed to to happen there for so many years, as you're learning about it from your dad, is it is it almost a little of a of a thing you're not supposed to know about? Is there kind of a secretive nature about it? No, it was just that professional boxing wasn't allowed, but Olympic boxing was always allowed. Yeah, amateur, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, professional boxing felt kind of distant for me when I started. And, um, you know, I would study fighters and there would be mostly professional fighters like Muhammad Ali. It was a little strange. It was a little strange, but I'm happy boxing is back there now. When you read about uh, your career thus far, one of the first things that comes up is Otto Wallen. He's a southpaw. He's a left-hander. What what advantage, if any, does that does that give you in the ring in your mind, being a lefty? I think being a lefty is it can be an advantage uh, a lot of times, and especially because uh, us lefties, we usually prepare with fighting a righty because that's what most most people are, right? And I think the other way around. I think righties usually prepares to fight righties. And, and uh, it's not so common to have southpaws in the gym. And uh, so I think that's an advantage. And there's some things we can work and some things that we are good at that we can use to our advantage. But um, for me personally, I was lucky. I was living in Denmark for a while. And over there, I had a southpaw. Last year, actually now it's been two years, right, since your fight against Tyson Fury. I, I, I feel like for a lot of people, that was a moment where they knew who you were, right? You kind of got got on the radar of that fight or you got on the boxing radar after that fight. But there have been many years that you've been working at this leading up to that, right? You turned pro in 2013. So we'll talk about the Fury fight in a minute, but what, what was that journey like from turning pro into 2013 and just all the work you put in over those years? Yeah, like I said, I started boxing when I was 15. That was in 2006. And professional boxing wasn't allowed in Sweden. So then uh, I moved on and uh, I, uh, I did pretty good. And I moved, got moved pretty fast as an amateur. And, and I started fighting for the national team in Sweden and some international tournaments. And then 2012, I heard from a promoter. All of a sudden, they called me and wanted to me to turn pro. Uh, at first, I didn't feel ready. So I was waiting. I waited and told them no a few times. Everything materialized, and I had my first fight 2013 and turned pro there. 
And uh, so it's been a long road. I mean, I started pretty much in a basement at the boxing club in, in Sweden, small town, Sundsvall, that has uh, 100,000 people. Then moved on, you know, uh, started fighting for the national team, turned pro over in Germany at first. So I had some fights there. And then I went to Denmark and met the trainer I still have today, Joey. And um, we were in Denmark for four years fighting. And uh, then Joey decided to move back here to New York and I followed him here. And so now I've been here. And then finally in 2019, I had, I mean, first I had a kind of tough year. I had three fights that were pretty much canceled. And uh, before that fight, and also my dad passed away. But then finally in September 2019, I got that shot that I, you know, that I've been waiting for my whole life pretty much. So I was really happy about that. And, uh, you know, fought Tyson Fury and I wanted to win the fight. I, I did my best. I didn't win. I lost the decision and, uh, you know, I put in a much better performance that, that what most people thought that I was going to do. So I was just happy to get a shot. And now it's up to me to just keep working and keep training and to make sure I get another shot at either him or the other world champions. You hit on a couple of key moments in your life there as you're advancing along since since 2013. I wanted to go back to first, you talked about not being ready potentially to turn pro, right? You're kind of thinking about it. Was there a hope to kind of keep pursuing that amateur career? Were you thinking Olympics? What was kind of on your mind there as you're holding off on going pro? Yeah, it was definitely the Olympics. And actually my my goal was to to go to the Olympics in 2016. But but I was lucky and I, I did well. So I, I was... Uh, I went to the, I was picked to, to go to the 2012 Olympic qualification in Turkey with Sweden. Uh, I lost my fight there. So, so that was actually kind of, uh, that was a setback, of course, because then I felt, oh, wow, now I said no to, the, to this promoter here that wanted to turn me pro. Now I lose this fight and oh, wow, now I felt like they're never going to call me back now. And so I was just waiting and waiting. And then after about six months, they called me again and I said, yeah. I'm ready to turn pro now because I realized also that that I felt like that was going to make me better by turning pro. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have to work anymore. I would have full-time trainers and, and good sparring and good training. And I felt like by turning pro, I would give myself the best opportunity to become as good as I can be. You touched on it earlier. Again, you lost your father around 2019 time, right? Leading into that in, into that Fury fight. He obviously played such a huge role in you even knowing what boxing is and getting involved in it. How do you handle a moment like that while also trying to prepare for something important? Yeah, so I had a fight in April and my father was over here. Unfortunately, the fight was stopped after, fir after the first round because we had a clash of heads and my opponent couldn't continue. But I know my father was really happy. This it was my first fight here in the U.S. and he was happy to be here and you know was very proud. And then we went back to Sweden together after the fight, and uh, we landed there. I was there for maybe a week or two, and then I went to Denmark to to do some training over there. And uh, on my way back from Denmark, I find out that my father had passed away from a heart attack. So it was really tough. But we had a conversation actually when he was over here. Um, he told me that if something was to happen to him, I should keep going and uh, keep working and keep fighting. So that's what I, what I, uh, that's, that was, uh, it was what I tried to do. And, um, you know, the day after he passed away, I was back in the gym training, uh, which was tough, 
you know, kind of crying on and off, but I got through it. And, and I think that boxing and having a, a goal and a purpose really helped me get through that tough time. It's so uh, random, but it's also great, right? That you had that conversation with them. I think so many people don't get that sort of moment with a parent where they get some sort of clear understanding of, hey, when I'm not here, here's what you should do going forward. How did that help navigate a very difficult process, knowing that at least you had some kind of input of what he was looking for? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he told me that, but uh, he did. And he actually made two interviews with my team when he was here. Uh, my trainer's uh, wife, Sissy, she made an interview with him over at the fights, you know, talking to him about uh, him and me and my brothers and stuff. And uh, then also my manager and his father made an interview with him. And it's great to have, you know, now when it's, uh, when he's not here anymore. It's something that I can show my kids and you know, look back at. And even in, in that interview with Sissy, he says the same thing that if something was to happen to him, I got to continue and keep fighting. So it's really, it's really good. I mean, I'm lucky to have that video because we, I mean, we didn't have any video. And then when he was over here, they just decided to do these interviews with him and that worked out so good. And then on the, the boxing side of things, you have all these fights that, that can't happen for one reason or another, right? They're stopped early, there's an injury, something else goes on. How do you know you're still doing the right things in training when you can't actually have the fights you're getting ready for? I think that I have a, a very good team around me. I have got a great trainer, Joey. He's been a world champion himself, and he has all the experience in the world. And I trust him 100%. He trusts me. And so we know that we're always working good. And I'm, I'm always thinking that, hey, the fights are going to come at, at some point. And, you know, right now, yes, training and trying to get better. So I'll be more ready when the fight actually comes. So, you know, it's tough sometimes when fights get canceled like that. But for me, it's been good, like I said, with long-term goals and, and try to reach those. And, um, I mean, there's no shortcuts to success. You really need to put in the work and... That's always what I've been trying to do. And yes, I'll be serious and, and take this and do it, I mean, as much as I can and, you know, just try to get better all the time. Yeah, we were talking about the Tyson Fury fight a little bit ago, but that comes up in 2019. And that's a big moment for you, even in a loss, to kind of introduce yourself, I think, to the larger boxing world. Going into that fight, you're considered an underdog. I think a lot of the commentary around it, even afterwards, was people were impressed. They, they weren't sure what, what you would do in that fight. And then you performed very well. There was a chance there to get stopped in the middle due to, due to a cut that gets opened up on fury going into that fight. Where, where did your confidence come from? If, if the crowd is saying they, you know, you're the underdog, where, where does your confidence come from to deliver the performance that you did? I think a lot of my confidence comes from uh, my work ethic uh, like I said, I'm very serious. I'm always training and trying to get better. And I've been doing this for a long time now. And um, on top of that, I got a great trainer. Uh, Joe, he's been a world champion. So that gives me a lot of confidence. And um, also just, uh, you know, I felt with Fury that he had all the pressure on him, that he had to look good. And so I felt like I had nothing to lose. I just wanted to go in there and prove everybody wrong. And 
I think that I showed to a lot of people that I'm, I am a good fighter and I belong at that level. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. We're in the midst of, in, in the U.S. here, March Madness, right? It's college basketball, and you're always seeing the underdog try and upset the other team. And so often in those games, the, the longer the team that people don't think will win stays in the game, the more their confidence builds. When, when you're in a fight against a guy like Fury, not that you're not confident, but at what point are you realizing my confidence is translating into my results here? Like, I'm very much in this, and I can win this. I think, I mean, I always believed in myself. Sure. But I ne had never been on that level. So I think I realized that maybe after the first round, uh, we have a little stare down uh, when the bell rings and I look at him and smile with a big smile. It's a good picture of that. And I think, I think that around that time, because I realized that he, you know, now he knows that I'm good. And, you know, I showed him now that, you know, this is not going to be easy for him. So after that, and again, COVID just wreaking havoc with everyone's training plans and schedules and all that stuff. But you've had a couple of fights since uh, August 2020 over Travis Kaufman, and then most recently this past February at Mohegan Sun. For you, what's been the what's been the progression? How do you feel like you're you're building off of that 2019 moment and uh, going forward to your to your next potential fight here? I think that my you know my boxing stock just went through the roof with that Fury fight. And uh, I really presented myself as a good fighter. And I got a lot of offers after that fight. We decided to go with Showtime. And I've had two fights for them now. And against pretty good names. Uh, Brazil, pretty big name. And Kaufman, uh, he has uh, some sort of name also. So I think that I have a platform now. And I'm going to get big fights. So I think just uh, everything is moving in the right direction. Sorry, we lost you there for a second. Okay, so you, you were just hitting on everything going in the right direction, right? Your stock rising. So what's what's next? You know, I've read stories, right? You want another shot at Fury. You know, you feel like you kind of made the biggest dent in the ring against him. But what's what's the immediate thing for you in addition to training? What do you hope to have your next fight be? I'm hoping to fight maybe July next time. And he's going to be on Showtime because I'm fighting for them. Um it's probably going to be one of the PBC fighters. I would think that, you know, Showtime and the PBC have a good connection. So I'm, I'm thinking it would be probably be one of those guys. Uh, I don't know yet who, but I would think somebody that's a little better than Brazil. And um, I think that we're pretty, on a pretty high level now. So it's very exciting. This, this stuff seems to move quick, right? You get this chance and then boom, the phone starts ringing doors open. So to, to get back to that chance for a, you know, for a, for a championship sort of contention opportunity, how many more steps are there? Is it, is it in your mind, one more fight and then you get the chance or do you have to go through a bit of a gauntlet here? What's the, what's the path? I think, I would think that it would take me a few fights yep. to, to get a world title shot. I mean, I could, I could get lucky and, uh, you know, uh, get the fight like I was the first time, but now they know that I'm better than what they thought. And um, I think that I have to, you know, get a few more fights to, to get another shot. And just reading some of your quotes, uh, some, some recent articles, right, you were talking about just 
what, that that's your goal, right? You want to be heavyweight champion. You're not going to kind of back down from any challenge. How much of of kind of the talk is part of the whole boxing world, right? You obviously ultimately answer for everything in the ring, but how much is it important to kind of be saying those sorts of things so that you get those sorts of opportunities? I mean, do you have to kind of let people know that you want it, that you want to be a champion so that they then try and make those matches happen? You know, just try to figure out that balance. Yeah, I, th I think it's important that, you know, that people know that I'm here to stay. You know, I'm a serious guy. I want to be a champion. That That's my dream. And um, with talking and stuff, I always try to answer just the way I am and the way I see it. And I'm not trying to play into a role or anything. I'm just trying to be myself at all times. And I think that I think that people appreciate that. And if I would try to be a tough guy or, or something, people would see through it pretty quick, I think. So I'm just trying to be myself. And and yes, I want to be a champion, of course. And um, I hope that me letting people know that that's going to help me. We were comparing a little bit of boxing to basketball. And I'll do another comparison. You talk to any major league baseball player, right? And, and they can describe that feeling when uh, the bat makes contact on the ball and they and they know they've hit it pure and it's a home run. They just know they've got that feeling. In the ring, when you've delivered a punch and you know that it is an impactful punch, do you know it right away? Is there a certain feeling of, I got all of that that I was trying to do as opposed to as a glancing blow or I it was kind of off target? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it happens very fast in boxing and sometimes yeah. you don't need even know what you hit him with he has a big hit. and uh it's not always the hardest shots that knock people out it's uh, usually the shot that i don't see and you know even for myself when i'm throwing a combination it just comes natural you don't even think about it you don't have time to think about it it just comes and then you, wow you hit him boom and you know you don't know what happened can you look back because you're right there's a series of punches that's happening so fast so maybe you're not even registering in your mind you know good good bad bad good but as you watch something back can you look at it and kind of remember the feeling of that was a connection that was a bit of a missed connection yeah this there's always some some spots i can remember really good uh like if i hit him and i feel something in my wrist and uh stuff like that i just for some reason there's some some things that stays good and it's always different and um, yeah, when I look back at fights, I see, oh, I did that, I did that. And that's what we've been working on, I did that there. And so it's pretty funny because you don't have time to think and, and you train stuff in the gym and then it just comes out. And then conversely, part of boxing, right? You're going to get hit. You're gonna to have to take a punch at a certain point. How do you work through that? Is there a, an, an effective way? I mean, obviously you're, you're guarding, you're, you know, you're trying to play defense, but, do you just learn over time how to better take a punch? How does that work from fight to fight? Yeah, you learn how to take a punch. I mean, the best thing is not get hit at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. It's a contact sport, so you get hit some. Yeah. But you need to know the defense. There's different form of defense that you need to know. And also, on top of that, I'm, I'm working uh, my neck a lot. My, I'm strengthening my body to be able to take a punch better. And uh, so that helps also, but the best thing is to not take any punches at all. When you are in, in the corner, in, you know, in, in between rounds, 
the conversation there with kind of your support team? Is it is it 100% business all of the time? Is there ever a moment where they're trying to keep things light and not as serious? What's the usual tone of those kind of conversations? In a fight? Yep. I think I think it's pretty serious. Yeah. We know that it's a business and, you know, you're only as good as your last fight, so you want to perform each time. And uh, now, especially, I have a big platform, so I want to perform in my fights. So I think I think it's pretty serious. It's a serious business, you know. Uh, this is heavyweight boxing, and everything can change with one punch. So I think it's pretty serious. Yeah, I just want you know, you sound like a very driven guy, right? You're training very hard. You know, I wondered if if there are some fighters that are so wound up for the fight that they need someone to say like, "Hey, let's just." roll it back you know one or two degrees because you know don't don't give everything you have in round one that sort of thing yeah that yeah i mean you know sometimes my trainer will tell me hey you got to pace yourself a little better yeah. you know stuff like that and uh, joey he's a pretty light guy but we know when there's business we got to handle it and uh take care of it and do as well as we can but it's, it's good to have a balance especially in training you know it doesn't always have to be too serious. You can laugh a little also, and it won't hurt you. You're 30 now. We know the goal is heavyweight championship. If we could fast forward, let's say you're 35, five years down the road, looking back, what what will be success for you? What what will have transpired over, over the prior five years that will make you feel like you've gotten to where you want to be? I think, uh, honestly, I want to be champion, of course, but you know, I think my father taught me early on that he said he told me, hey, you're good at this. You can you can be very good. You just have to work for it. And always when you step into the ring, you got to know that you've done everything you can beforehand in training. So when the actual fight comes, you just do as well as you can do your best. And whatever happens, happens. And if you win, that's great. If you lose, you know, it's not the end of the world. At least you tried your best. So that's that's what I keep it with me. And. I'm, I'm striving, I'm trying to be, trying to be going to that. And if I make it, I'm, I'm going to be very happy as the second uh, Swedish heavyweight champion of all time. And if I don't make it, you know, I went for it. I did all, all I could and I'll be fine with it to live with that. What's been the response in Sweden? We were talking about it not being allowed at the pro level until relatively recent, late, late 2000s, how have they responded to what you've done so far? Very, very well. Uh, I think I get great support from over there. And, uh, you know, people sending me messages and people are proud of me and, and uh, I'm really proud to represent Sweden. So it's been very good. Uh, I feel like boxing in Sweden just need like one guy to stand out and to bring in a big crowd and to really get boxing going. Uh, we have we have great fighters. We have Badu Jack that's been a uh, you know multiple world champion, and I'm working my way up there trying to be a champion. And there's other guys also. So so hopefully you know we can we can bring boxing together and and uh, make it popular. You mentioned the training, and I think a lot of athletes feel like they have never done enough. They get to the competition or the fight or the match, and there's uh, could could we have done one more thing? How do you know when you're ready? Is is it is it a combo of you and the trainer? How do you know when there's no more to do and you're ready for the fight? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm always trying to work good and do as much as I can. And 
sometimes uh, less is more also. So you can't just work hard all the time. You gotta, you gotta rest because if you train hard, you gotta rest hard and that's important. And I really think that, you know, work is being, you gotta put it in over time. You can't, you can't just fit it in, in in two months or whatever. It, it takes time, you know. Uh, that's why I'm always training and trying to get better. So, you know, uh, small things like, hey, maybe I could have done one more session. You know, it doesn't really matter. So, so it's, the work is done over time, and and um, you know, I just trust that. Yeah, it sounds like you know, if you think back on a fight like Fury, right, where it's close, or other ones where you've won convincingly those wins or losses didn't happen on a single day during training you've it's a it's a yeah. cumulative thing yeah, yeah yeah no i started boxing when i was 15 like we talked about uh turning pro at 22 and now i'm 30 and i'm very serious i got great trainers and a great team uh you know i got my my boxing coach my strength and conditioning i got a psychologist and uh dietitian and everything i got a great team so, so it's, it's really been done over time. And I think that's not only with boxing. If you want to be good at something, anything in life, you've got to put in the work and there's no shortcuts. Otto Wallen, uh, we can certainly keep an eye out for you coming up on Showtime, your next fight to be determined, but hopefully sometime this summer. Now, as we wrap up here on What's Good, some, some less serious questions uh, as we close out. For, for starters, you're from Sweden. What's the biggest misconception about Sweden? What do people think about Sweden? But it's actually not true at all. I think that they, a lot of people here in the U.S. thinks that Sweden is Switzerland, <laughs> and that's that's. I hear that all the time, all the yeah. time. I say, oh, they ask me where are you from. I say Sweden. Oh, I've been to Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. So even though you're clearly saying Sweden, they just think it's a whole other yeah. country. Yeah, 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 I don't get that, but I think that's one thing. Uh, how important is the music of ABBA to people in Sweden? Is it, you know, I think the average American thinks it's maybe just blaring from the street corners on speakers. Is it, is it a very popular uh, band even now? Uh, I mean, it's not like I'm hearing it in the nightclub or anything, in the yeah. bars. <laughs> maybe every now and then. I don't know. But we have, we have a lot of good artists, actually. Got a lot of good artists. And... Uh, I think ABBA was really big back in the day. Yeah, uh, it's been a while now. You know, times changed a little bit. So we have we have great music over there, and so there's more than just them. But they've been really good. Of course, they put Sweden on the map. Yeah, no, there was a recent movie with Will Ferrell. Uh, I think it was Eurovision, and there was a lot of references to to ABBA and those sorts of things. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but uh, uh, the song, one of their songs, comes up a ton in there. So I figured. People have asked you about that group before being from Sweden. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> and and our and our last ones. Um, what's what's something you've done just for you recently? It doesn't need to be boxing related. Just for me, uh, that's a good question. What have I done? Uh, after my last fight, I went to Miami with my girlfriend. That was nice. Great. We yeah, we got some sun over there and. Uh, it was pretty chill, but uh, it was nice. Get some sun. That might be one of the things. <laughs> is that is that common after a fight? Do you give yourself a, a week or two just to kind of shut it down, or how does that work? Yeah, 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 I, I do. Uh, I had the first week off. Then the second week, I did a little bit of training, maybe two, three strength sessions. Then the week after, more, and then more and more. 
So yeah, I mean, first first week, especially you know, trying to eat whatever I want. I order my Swedish candy, have that, and have you know burgers and stuff like that. Just to treat myself a little bit. So so I like to do that and sure. uh, try to relax. You know, try to think about something else than just boxing. Uh, what's, and I, I think I, I would say that that's something I've learned over the years to not always be so serious, you know, try to have fun sometimes and, you know, go out and have some fun, you know, get drunk every now and then, you know, <laughs> you know, yes, yes, live a little also. It doesn't always have to be too serious because yeah. um, then you get burnt out. No, right. If you're if you're constantly only thinking about that one thing. It's, it's not going to be sustainable long term. I mean, you were talking about having a psychologist on your team. I'm sure that stuff has come up. You need balance in your life. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lesson I've learned over the years. Uh, what's something you've done for someone else recently? For someone else, uh, the other day, I, I um, before going to training, I, I packed some fruit here. I had some, I always got fruit. So, pack some fruit and I see a homeless woman always outside of my uh, apartment building here. So gave that to her. I think that's one of the things. Yeah. And that, and that makes a difference. Uh, certainly I'm sure she was happy to receive it. Um, yeah. And then lastly, what's, what's something that you kind of turn to if you're looking to, and you were talking about, you know, taking a vacation after a fight, but just in general, every day, even when you're training, what's the thing you turn to to kind of unplug and unwind if you want to laugh a little bit? Right now, I'm playing. Uh, I, I bought a VR set for okay. video games. Yeah, it's called the Oculus Quest. Uh, it's really fun. I'm playing a game called Population One. Uh, actually, playing with a friend, my friend from back home in Sweden. So we connect on that, and then we play online, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I think video games always fun. Yeah, I like I like that, and and uh, also I like to play golf, but it doesn't happen as often. Sure, sure. Uh, Otto Wallen, appreciate you taking the time and uh, looking forward to seeing you back in the ring. Best of luck going forward. Thank you. Thank you for having me.